Hello, podcast listeners. Yakko Warner here. And you know what the only podcast we listen to in the Water Tower is? You guessed it, the Great Big Beautiful Podcast. Good night, everybody! Justin Connors. Welcome to the Great Big Beautiful Podcast. We are at the GBB Podcast on Twitter and the GBB Podcast on Facebook. And I'm Justin Connors, and I'm here with Jamie Green. How you doing, Justin? Good. I am actually great. I'm doing You're great. Fantastic. That's what I like to hear. <laughs> and uh, today we're gonna we're just gonna go right into it today. Um, recently. The last episode of Gravity Falls aired, and I know there's Badly. a lot of sad people out there, and yeah, lots of tears were shed. I think lots of tears, and it was a really big show. Like a lot of people, it had like a cult following. Yeah, it's gonna. I think it will remain a very big show, even though it's not on the air anymore. It just it had one. What it was one of those shows that just had an enormously huge following, right? And do you know what? I think when we had Alex Hirsch on last time, it was before anything was announced, and I think we were. Kind of getting it out of him a little bit that it was about to end. <laughs> yeah, he. I think he totally knew. Oh, totally. <laughs> and just our line of questioning, because we kind of alluded to that in, in our last podcast with him. We were asking about, you know, if he thought he got – why he got everything in. So, you know what I mean? If he regretted putting anything in. Yeah, I mean, and, we – one of the questions we asked was specifically, like, is this the end? Because, you know, like, the, the weird Mageddon is, is – you know, taking over the show. Is this the end of the show? We flat out asked him. Right. And the answer he gave was kind of telling in retrospect, because the answer he gave was when the show reaches its end, it will be as exactly as I, you know, the show is going to end exactly the way that I want it to end. I mean, at that point it wasn't announced yet. He couldn't actually say that, yes, this is the end. Um, but he, he made it a point to say that, you know, the show is ending exactly the way that I want it to. Right. So I'm just going to start the rumor that it was us that broke the news yeah. before. I mean, <laughs> but there was somebody that tweeted out after. And I wish I had the tweet in front of me. And they actually said in the tweet, well, the Great Big Beautiful podcast put into question if this season something he said something to that effect. <laughs> somebody yeah. listening. And I yeah, so was, I think we should take credit for it. Yes, we will. So, Absolutely. So Alex Hirsch, we're taking credit. We broke the news. <laughs> not Not your blog. It was us. It wasn't Disney. It wasn't anything. It was no, us. no, no, no. <laughs> Disney comes to us to break news. <laughs> All right, Jamie. So do you want to intro? Uh, we have two. A little treat for you. Two inter. We have one interview, and then we have something really cool after. And Jamie's going to tell us about them both. 
yeah, be, before the uh, final episode aired, I had a we had we had I'm sorry we had a chance to talk mm-hmm. to Jason Ritter, um, who is, was the voice of Dipper on the show, um, and so we we talked to him, you know, just sort of about the show and about his career and you know the, the end of the show. This we obviously was right before the final episode aired, so at this point we knew that the show was ending. So we got to talk a little bit about you know, the show coming to an end and his feelings and the feelings, you know, at the wrap of recording and everything. So it's a really good conversation. Um, but you're going to want to stick around for what follows because be also before the final episode aired, I was involved with a, a press event that Disney put on and um, it was sort of to celebrate the end of the end of the show and to look back on, on where they had come from and what they had done. Um, and so it was a, it was a, it was a gravity falls press event and it included Alex Hirsch, Jason Ritter and Kristen Shaw, who is also, who's the voice of Mabel. And part of that event is they did a table read, which is basically the, they sat around and they had a script from the very first episode uh, and they read through it live. Um, you know, Alex was was narrating and doing the voices that he was doing. Jason was Dipper. Kristen was Mabel. And they actually had live music and sound effects to go along with it. Um, what we're going to do is we're going to play the audio for you on this episode, at the end of this episode. So you're definitely going to want to stick around and listen to that. But we've also got the video. Um, D23 um, was kind enough to share the video with us. And if you go to our uh, show notes or the, the original post on Geek Dad for this episode, we're going to post a video there. So if you want to watch it in all of its glory, um, feel free, you know, please go through, visit the link, visit the, uh, the original uh, post for this episode um, and, uh, and, and check out the video because it's, it's very cool. All right, so we're going to get into that uh, right now. So if you're a Gravity Falls fan, you're going to love this episode, as all episodes you should love. <laughs> yeah. All right, here we go. <laughs> I want to know, was Gravity Falls your first job in animation doing voiceover work? I, yeah, I think it was actually my, technically my third. But the other two were just really short one-off things. But I, I played a teacher that Angelica had a crush on in All Grown Up, the Rugrats. Uh-huh. And uh, when I was really little, I did a, a voice of a little acorn in a Christmas special. <laughs> I don't know where it was. That's, I got to find that now. That sounds pretty awesome. <laughs> so n- now that you've been one of the leads in an incredibly popular show, is voiceover work something you want to continue doing or do you want to branch out? Uh, it was so much fun. I would love to do, uh, I would love to do more, uh, more work. Um, but uh, but I also feel like you know it would it would have to be something that sounds totally different. I, I almost want just you know my voice is pretty close to Dipper's voice, it's just a little bit. Um, his voice is a little higher, but I'm basically speaking with my accent, so I would want to change it up a little bit so it doesn't sound like Dipper's voice coming from something else. But yeah, I would. It, it's been so much fun. I've always loved animation. And um, so it's been fun to, to jump into that world. Did you guys, because um, I know that different shows do it different ways. So did you record with everybody in the booth at the same time or did you just record your lines individually? 95% of the time, I think I did it by myself. There were a couple times early on uh, where Kristen and I did it together. And uh, there was one amazing time where Kristen and Syrup 
who plays little little Gideon and I uh, did a thing together. But for most of it, Kristen was in New York and I was in L.A. And then she moved to L.A. and I was in New York. And <laughs> so there were there were lots of times where it just was it was so impossible mm-hmm. to get the schedule together to do it um, that we just ended up, you know, doing it separately. But there were a lot of times where, you know, Every single time I recorded, Alex was in the room. So if there was a scene between Dipper and Grunkle Stan, he would, or Seuss, he would, um, he would do the uh, other voice, and I would get to sort of work off of him, which was really fun. Was that? Did that take a lot of getting used to? I mean, because you come from a lot of, you know, acting history. I mean, this was not new to you. This was not your first, your first, your first gig. So, was it hard for you to sort of read those lines in isolation and not have somebody else to play off of? It was difficult, especially at first, and I really relied on on Alex uh, to sort of remind me, you know, what the level was, you know, in the scene, the level of energy, because in a a regular scene, you can sort of play off the other person so that you feel like you're in the same rhythm and the same sort of level of of energy or, or emotional state or something like that, and when you're just kind of doing it into the void, you really rely on the person who either has heard the other person's voice or knows what's happening in the scene. And, you know, in a, in any particular scream, you want to know, or, or, you know, or grunt or anything like that. You, the more you are able to be sort of told exactly what's happening, the more you can kind of put it into your voice. But it was really weird to, to have to translate and be like, all right, I know that maybe this, would look sad or look, you know, emotional or something in my, if someone were watching my face, but all I have to convey this is my voice now. So I have to, I have to put everything into my voice. So that was, it was, it was definitely a learning curve, but it was a lot of fun. So how much of Dipper's character was established when you came on board and how much did you bring to him? A lot of it was, I think I feel like a lot of it was established, and then I think there was just this sort of magic thing that happened where it turns out that I'm just a lot like Dipper. So the more that it was, I think it sort of fed off of it itself. You know, he would write something about Dipper being, you know, nervous and sweaty and uncomfortable, and then you would see that that was uh, something that I was very familiar with, and then. And then he could lean further into that, um, knowing that that was something that I, you know, <laughs> could could access. You mentioned um, that Dipper's voice is pretty much like yours. It's just like maybe a register higher. So it, it, it is probably the most, quote unquote, normal voice on the show. But how long did it take for everybody on the show to sort of find their voices? Or did Alex already have an idea for what everybody was supposed to sound like from the beginning? I think the only voice that really changed over, and it, it was it was changed by the middle of the pilot, was uh, my voice. Uh, actually, maybe Grunkle Stan's voice was a little different in the in the first pilot, uh, the pilot presentation. But some of the audio from that pilot presentation is in the pilot now, and you can hear it. it, it instead of my voice, it's like a little bit more like like. Uh, Ah, Gravity Falls. It's, it's like a little more nasally or something more cartoony. And, and Alex wanted, uh, pretty early on, by the time we were doing the rest of the pilot, he was like, just, you know, you don't have to sort of do a voice, just be, you know, keep it up there, keep it high, but, but it can be closer to your voice. Yeah. And I think he preferred the sincerity over the sort of 
Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a little boy, and this is my silly cartoon <laughs> voice, or whatever I was trying to do at first. <laughs> uh, since the show was so is so reliant on on codes and ciphers and mysteries, I know that it was very tightly scripted and controlled. But was there any room for improv on your part as an actor? Uh, every once in a while, you know, that, a lot of the places that, um, that that we were able to improv the most would be if someone says something and then all of the characters have some kind of response to it. You know, oh yeah, yeah, you know, so, some sort of thing under their breath. Uh, oh, I never would have thought of that. Or oh, good, you know. There were things like that, um, but for the most part, it was it was very tightly scripted. I think maybe Kristen sometimes got to Im- improv mm-hmm. a little bit more, just because her character is so wild and she's so great at improv and coming up with things. But I think a lot of Dipper's job was to, you know, make sure that the plot points were clear. And you know, um, there were sometimes I think sometimes when he was talking to the ladies. Uh, Sometimes I would be able to put in a little bit more of my discomfort, <laughs> my natural discomfort. Um, but uh, but yeah, for the most part, for me, it was all completely uh, scripted. Yeah. So despite the show's relatively short run, what do you think you'll take personally away from the role of Dipper? Oh man, um, I think I think I, you know, I, I think I'll take away. Well, a, I think what what a what a show can be. I mean, I, mm-hmm. I I had to really sort of wrap my head around what was happening. You know, I thought initially, oh, a, a cartoon, and it's for kids, and it'll be fun. It'll be, you know, I had no idea that it could engage me uh, as, for all intents and purposes, on paper at least, an yeah. adult. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> um, so my driver's license says. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> But uh, but yeah, I mean, I I I really I, I had no idea that I could be as sort of a intellectually engaged with all the codes mm-hmm. and then finding out the mysteries, but also be emotionally engaged. There were plenty of times, especially when Mabel made the decision to not press the button. Uh, I I was really legitimately moved. So I think I I don't know. I think it you know you keep hoping to be sort of open to everything in life, but I guess, you know, you, you, these ideas get calcified in your brain as you get older. Of, I know what this is like. I know what a cartoon is like. I, you know, I, I, I've made a decision before I've actually seen the thing. So I think it taught me to be more open and, and, uh, and it, it also just inspired me, you know, I mm-hmm. probably could never write anything like Alex did, but inspired me to, to make what I want to make and hope that, you know, trust that maybe other people will like it as well. That's awesome. Uh, I mean, I guess kind of going along with that, so, like you've been a regular on several shows, and but I think it's safe to say that Gravity Falls is probably the show that has the fiercest fandom um, of everything that you've worked on. And it does, I would say so. yeah, and it, it does seem that shows with fans like that tend to remain intensely popular even after they're. They've stopped, you know, creating new shows and new new material. Does it bother you at all that among the Gravity Falls fans and among many people that you might always just be dipper to them even after you've moved on to other projects? You know what? No. I mean, I think that, well, I think that it's sometimes harder for 
people in live action shows because mm-hmm. they they are so much their character and and by the time that it's become a huge there's a huge fan base there's usually been so many episodes and they put so much of who they are into the character that it becomes hard to separate mm-hmm. but because no one i mean there have been some times where i've been at a restaurant and someone said i heard your voice like or my son <laughs> heard your voice and figured it out uh, and that's that's really cool, but no, I I I would love to be sort of um, you know linked to Dipper. <laughs> I'm, I'm so proud to be part of Gravity Falls, and I I love the character of Dipper, and I love all of the characters of Gravity Falls. But I feel mm-hmm. so lucky to have been part of it that I will I'll never be like oh Dipper was ten years ago, guys. Get over it. <laughs> um, I, in fact, I feel like sometimes I've out some people who have come up to me and have been like, I like Gravity Falls. I'm like, oh, so did you notice that in the background of the episode? You know, and they're like, oh, geez, man, take it easy. Like, oh, <laughs> so, I was giving you a little Easter egg, but I guess... Uh... <laughs> so do you have any favorite Gravity Falls memories? That might be a loaded question, but maybe quickly if you had one. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, well, I, I loved Dreamscapers so much, not only because it was the introduction of Bill, but going into Stan's mind and the things that all of the background artists did. I also love that Zyler and Kraz came back as not just, you know, Mabel's fantasy, but, uh, you know, they're now, they're, they're two characters that are part of the Gravity Falls world. Um, but I, yeah, I mean, there, there were so many moments throughout the show where I, you know, I laughed all the way through it, but mm-hmm. the moments that really have stuck with me are the moments where I found myself really caring for the characters, you know, really mm-hmm. feeling for Seuss and his dad, you know, Seuss mm-hmm. is such a silly character, but then, you know, you, you get to that episode, uh, Blendon's Game, where you see some of Seuss's backstory, and then all of a sudden, all of the sort of idolizing of Stan that he's done in the past has been sort of jokey, takes on a different meaning. And um, I think that's really beautiful. These characters that initially are, you feel like, oh, this is like, oh, Pacifica, she's the rich, mean girl. And then you realize that she has a whole, you know, inner life and complicated feelings. And I've I've loved that. I, I really have loved and appreciated that. Or even... Stan and, and Ford, how they've, how Stan is, you'd think is sort of emotionally like a, a rock, you know, can't be moved or have his feelings hurt. He's so protected. He knows the answer to everything. And when you see him kind of vulnerable and not knowing what to do, it's very surprising and, and beautiful. And so I, I, I think Alex did a great job of developing all those characters. Absolutely. What do you think the legacy of the show will be? You know what I hope is that at some point, some person who spent these years watching this show writes some kind of like essay <laughs> or something in college and they just, or like some kind of dissertation on every single secret and code. I know there's a lot of it on Wikipedia, but I would love to just see someone compile all of it um, I don't know. I, I would love to see, it's a weird thing, but I would love to see some college essays on <laughs> Alex Hirsch's uh, brilliance. <laughs> there, you, there's probably a, a load of undergrads right now feverishly working on that. 
exactly. So, so what, what's oh. next for you? Uh, next for me, I uh, I've been working on this uh, this second season for this show on Comedy Central called Another Period. Oh, excuse me, Another Period. It's sort of like a 1900s uh, reality show about this very rich, very out of touch, horrible family. <laughs> um, and uh, and then I have a handful of sort of independent movies coming out, and uh, yeah, little little things here and there. Awesome. Well, congratulations again on the show. Um, it struck a nerve, obviously, with a lot of people, and it became a, a cultural icon for a couple mm -hmm. years. And um, it's I, there's going to be a lot of tears shed when when it ends. So uh, uh, and a lot of them will be mine. <laughs> well, that's good to hear, though. I like that you're you're involved to that point. I, I love it. So much. I think Alex has been surprised sometimes by how how well I know the episodes or the characters <laughs> or the codes or the quotes. I'm I'm in it to win yeah. it. <laughs> well, that speaks to the that's quality awesome. of the show and everybody involved. So, uh, absolutely. Yeah. Perfect. Thank you so much, Jason. Good Thank luck you, and congratulations Brian. again. Thank you so much. It was nice talking to you. Same here. Thank Take you. care. We're all feeling a little nostalgic uh, on the eve of the finale. Um, you know, tomorrow? working on this. It's just in a few it was days. Monday. Why did Monday. you say the eve? Or the, on the pre-eve, five days eve. Yeah. Um, there you go. <laughs> There's probably a word for that in like old English. Um, five days prior to, yeah, pre a, a heavy fortnight yeah. uh, prior to <laughs> the airing of the thing. We're all feeling kind of nostalgic, so we thought it would be fun while we have the, uh, you know, the core cast here. Um, to do a little scene for you guys, um, this is rewinding us all the way back uh, to the very, very first episode of the series. We thought it would be fun to read a little bit from that original script and uh, take a trip down memory lane. So, if you guys will indulge our nerdiness. For you guys, just a treat, uh, a read of uh, Tourist Trapped, first episode of Gravity Falls. <clears throat> Cold open. We began on a, so a shot of the sun shining where a barbecue slash picnic is taking place. A man is flipping burgers on the outdoor grill. Ha! Ah, summer break. Oh, that was great. Uh, barbecue guy. So you want cheese on that, uh, on that hun? Sure, Hank. Kids are running around playing. People are eating and enjoying themselves. A time for leisure, recreation, and taking her easy. Unless you're me. Suddenly, a golf cart crashes to the Gravity Falls sign and speeds through the forest. We see Dipper's driving and Mabel is the passenger. They seem to be fleeing from something. Ah! A huge shadow of something growling casts over their cart as they drive away to try to avoid it. Giant monster hands try to snatch the vehicle as they drive out of reach. My name is Dipper. The girl about to puke is my sister Mabel. You may be wondering what we're doing in a golf cart fleeing from a creature of unimaginable horror. The monster grabs a tree trunk and throws it, barely missing the golf cart. Look out! A huge tree lands right in front of the golf cart's path. Ah! Rest assured, there's a perfectly logical explanation. Yes. Act one. <laughs> Exterior woods, same day, same time. Let's rewind. It all began when our parents decided we could use some fresh air. We see a shot of Dipper standing next to Mabel, playing a video game. Mabel is holding a very fat cat. Uh, Mabel and Dipper are in the living room, parental arms, uh, grab them, throw a sleeping bag into their arms, and shove them off to Gravity Falls. They shipped us no up north to a sleepy town called Gravity Falls, Oregon to stay at our great uncle's place in the woods. Cut to an old-time illustrated map of Oregon. Interior, mystery shack, attic. 
This attic is amazing. Check out all my splinters. Dipper turns from the window to come face to face with a goat. <laughs> and there's a goat on my bed. Hey, friends. The goat starts to chew on Mabel's sweater. She smiles oblivious. Oh, yes, you can keep chewing on my sweater. <laughs> my sister tended to look on the bright side of things. Cut to Mabel rolling in grass for no reason. Yay, grass! Cut to Dipper is looking stressed while a woodpecker pecks at his forehead. But I was having a hard time getting used to our new surroundings. Suddenly, uh, a monster in a mask sneaks up behind Dipper. Boo! Ah! Dipper runs off. Grunkle Stan is revealed to be the masked person. <laughs> and then there was our great Uncle Stan. That guy. Stan continues laughing uh, way longer than he should. <laughs> was worth it. Cut to Grunkle Stan is leading a tour through the mystery shack. We see a mounted jackalope head. One of its antlers falls down. Our uncle had transformed his house into a tourist trap he called the mystery shack. The real mystery was why anyone came. Ladies and gentlemen, be astounded by the sass crotch. He gestures to a Yeti in tidy whities The crowd takes pictures excitedly. Whoa. Oh, Ooh, oh wow. that's a thing oh you don't gosh. see every day. Oh Wowzers, cut to Dipper and Mabel standing inside the mystery shack shop surrounded by souvenirs. And guess who had to work there? <sighs> Mabel reaches out to touch a giant eyeball. Grunkle Stan smacks her hand away with his cane. Ooh. No touching the merchandise. Exterior mystery shack day. It looked like it was gonna be the same, oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> It looked like, like it was going to be the same boring routine all summer, until one fateful day. Mystery Shack, gift shop day. Mabel's head appears among the Grunkle Stan dolls, peering at a boy reading a note. He's looking at it. He's looking at it. The boy reads the note, confused. Uh, do you like me? Yes, definitely, absolutely. I rigged it. Mabel, I know you're going through your whole boy crazy phase, but I think you're kind of over overdoing it with the crazy part. What? Come on, Dipper, this is our first summer away from home. It's my big chance to have an epic summer romance. Yeah, but do you need to flirt with every guy you meet? Cut to montage of insufferable flirting. Mabel saunters up to a dreamy tourist. My name is Mabel, but you can call me the girl of your dreams. I'm joking! Mabel shoves the tourist too hard. He collapses into a stand of postcards. <laughs> Cut to Mabel standing behind a boy holding a turtle. Oh my gosh, you like turtles? I like turtles too. What is happening here? Cut to uh, Mattress Prince Mattresses. An acne-riddled teen dressed as a dumb prince costume calls out to his subjects. Come on, come all to the Mattress Prince's kingdom of savings. Mabel pokes her head out behind, from behind some balloons. Take me with you. <laughs> Cut back to today. Mock all you want, brother, but I got a good feeling about this summer. I wouldn't be surprised if the man of my dreams walks through that door right now. Stan enters through the door, looking worse than usual. <laughs> Hi, I'm here. I'm Stan. Ugh, why? <laughs> all right, all right. Look alive, people. I need someone to go hammer up these signs in the spooky part of the forest. Not it. Not it. Uh, also not it. No one asked you, Seuss. I know. And I'm comfortable with that. Seuss jams a candy bar in his mouth. Wendy, I need you to put up this sign. Wendy remains sitting and reaches for the counter in a lackluster manner. I would, but I can't reach it. She stretches her arm out in the general direction, never looking away from her magazine. I'd fire all of you if I could. All right. Let's make it eeny, meeny, miny, you. Ah, what? Stan hangs Dipper with this sign. Grunkle <sighs> Stan, whenever I'm in these woods, I feel like I'm being watched. Ah, not this again. I'm telling you, something weird is going on in this town. Just today, my mosquito bite spelled out beware. <laughs> I think that says bewarb. That's a B. Uh. Dipper scratches his arm, embarrassed. 
Look, kid. <laughs> Look, kid. The whole Monsters in the Forest thing is just local legend. Drummed up by guys like me to sell merch to guys like that. Uh, he points to the world's dumbest tourist who shakes a Grunkle Stan bobblehead and laughs like an idiot. <laughs> so quit being so paranoid! <sighs> Exterior, Mystery Shack skyline, sunset. Twe trees swaying the breeze mysteriously. Uh, Dipper is hammering a sign into a tree. <sighs> Grunkle Stan, nobody believes anything I say. Dipper moves on to another tree and starts to hammer it. A metal sound rings out when he tries to hit the nail into the tree. Huh? Dipper opens a hidden metal door in the tree. Inside, we see a small control unit with switches. Dipper looks around and starts flipping the switches on and off. A trap door in the music in the ground opens up right behind him where the goat was eating. <laughs> goat runs off. <laughs> uh, Dipper opens the hatch. Inside, there's an ancient-looking book. It's bound in leather, has a monocle hanging off of it, and has the silhouette of a six-fingered hand. In the center of the hand, there's a cryptic number three. Dipper picks it up and examines it. What the... Dipper turns it to a random page. As he flips through, he sees strange hieroglyphics, alchemy, futuristic equations. He stops on a journal entry and reads aloud. It's hard to believe it's been six years since I began studying the strange and wondrous secrets of Gravity Falls, Oregon. He begins flipping through the pages, baffled. What is all this? He begins reading. Unfortunately, my suspicions have been confirmed. I'm being watched. I must hide this book before he finds it. Remember, in Gravity Falls, there's no one you can trust. No one you can trust. Hello! Oh! What you reading? Some nerd thing? Uh, hides the book. Uh, uh, it's nothing. Uh, 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 it's nothing. What are you actually not gonna show me? Uh, let's go somewhere private. Exterior, Mystery Shack, night. The last tourists are leaving for the day. Uh, Dipper is in the living room pacing, super excited. It's amazing! Grunkle stands that I was being paranoid, but according to this book, Gravity Falls has this secret dark side. Whoa, shut up! And get this, after a certain point, the pages just stop. Like the guy who was writing it mysteriously disappeared. Who's that? <gasps> well, time to spill the beans, boop! Mabel knocks over a can of beans. Beans. The girl's got, this girl's got a date! Woot woot! Wait, let me get this straight. In the half hour I was gone, you already found a new boyfriend? What can I say? I guess I'm just irresistible! Mabel flops her sweater sleeves around like an idiot. <sighs> oh, coming! Mabel hops off uh, to answer the door. Dipper hops on the chair and starts reading the journal. Stan appears in the doorway drinking a soda. What you reading there, Slick? Dipper in a panic hides the book. Oh, I was just catching up on, uh... Dipper picks up a magazine. Gold Chains for Old Men magazine? Yeah, that's a good issue. Hey, family. Mabel pokes her head in a frame with a gigantic braces-filled smile. Say hello to my new boyfriend! She pulls a guy into, into camera. It's a strange dude wearing a hoodie. Uh, he's got a vacant stare, twigs sticking out of his jacket. Uh, seems somewhat lobotomized, like the guy from Twilight if he were hit by a bus. He raises, raises his hand to wave, but it's all tensed in a claw-like position. <laughs> Mabel stands by the stranger. Stop! Dipper and Mabel look weirded out. Hey. How's it hanging? <laughs> we met at a cemetery. He's really deep. Mabel strokes Norman's arm and seems surprised. Ooh, a little muscle there. What, what a surprise. Dipper is perturbed. So, what's your name? Um, Normal Man. He means Norman. Are you bleeding, Norman? Norman looks down on his face. He's clearly bleeding. It's jam. <gasps> I love jam. <laughs> Look at this. So you want to go hold 
human hands or whatever. Oh, oh my goodness. <laughs> Don't wait up. Mabel smiles goodly and scampers off. Uh, Norman gives Stan and Dipper a little cool guy <laughs> finger gun point and then stumbles away and crashes into a wall. Off screen we hear sounds of him banging into stuff. Cut to Mystery Shack, attic hallway, stained glass window. In the foreground, a possum runs across a ceiling beam. Dipper sits in the window box, flipping through journal number three intently. There was something about Norman that wasn't right. I decided to consult the journal. Known for their pale skin and bad attitudes, these creatures are often mistaken for teenagers. Beware Gravity Falls Nefarious. He sees a picture in the book of a zombie. It says, sup. <laughs> <laughs> zombie! 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 <laughs> Interior, Mystery Shack, Hallroom Day. Stan is getting <laughs> dressed, stops tying his tie when he hears a Dipper screams. What was that? Did someone say crombie? What is that, crombie? It's not even a real word. You're losing your mind, Stan. Interior, Mystery Shack, <laughs> attic. Dipper continues to look around the window and see Mabel uh, sitting on a picnic table as Norman approaches her. He starts stumbling towards her, making ominous zombie grunts. Yeah, yeah. Mabel smiles at him innocently. I like you. Dipper stares out the window in horror. Oh no, Mabel! End scene. Uh, Thank you. What? That's where it all began. Zombies, crombies, a sasquatch. <laughs> These two. This guy! Brings us back, doesn't it? It does bring us back. All right, that's it for this week on The Great Big Beautiful Podcast. That was such a fun audio table read, and you must have had a blast while you were sitting in watching it. It was. Unfortunately, I wasn't in the room. It was out in California, right. and I just couldn't make it out there. But what they did is they had a uh, – it wasn't Skype, but it was like a video conferencing mm -hmm. thing. And for a lot of press who was around the country and, and wasn't local to L.A., um, they just sort of funneled us in through this video conferencing. So we got right. to just sit and watch. And those of us that had questions, we were able to sort of ask them through the computer and the miracle of technology. But yeah, it was super fun. <laughs> it was super fun. That's awesome. And now before we go today, um, I know Jamie might not talk about this, but I'm going to break the news. Jamie has been officially brought on as a writer for StarWars.com. And how cool is that? I think it's pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're probably pretty excited. It is, I am. I've known about it for a little while. Right. Um, I've known that it was in the works. I couldn't officially say anything. I told Justin knew. Yeah. And I think you alluded to it at one point. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's pretty cool. Uh, it, my first post went up um, a week ago from when we were recording. So it's, you know, you can date that however you want. And it was just a sort of a, a recap of Toy Fair because I was at Toy Fair. So it was a recap of some of the Star Wars stuff that was at Toy Fair. So it wasn't like a mind-blowingly awesome post, mm -hmm. but it was still my first post for them. And, you know, just seeing it put out on, you know, the official Star Wars Twitter feed and Facebook right. page, it was it was pretty wild. And, and just seeing the number of times, at least on the Facebook page, how many times it was shared and liked, um, just blew any awesome. other post of mine. I mean, even, even my... You know, my my most popular post on Geek Dad never got these kind of numbers. Wow. So so I'm going to assume that whenever I need uh, passes to get into Lucasfilm, you're going to be able to provide them for me now. I'm okay. first, man. <laughs> <laughs> I got to be able to take advantage of that stuff first. I'm just going to show up at the gate and be like, I know Jamie. Like, Yeah, they're going to say who? Yeah, he, he, he writes StarWars.com. <laughs> 
Cool, man. That is so awesome. Congratulations. Thank if you, you want to read Jamie's post, maybe do you want to link that up in this as well? Because we're talking uh, about sure. it. Sure. It's just we'll the link one. It up. But I, I don't know if I actually have my contributor page set up yet, but I can definitely, I'll put up a link. And be sure that there will be a robot avatar. There will. Because that is his yeah. calling card. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. We are at the GBB podcast on Twitter and on Facebook as well. I am Justin at 140 Justin C. And I am Jamie at the Roarbots, T-H-E-R-O-A-R-B-O-T-S. And thank you so much for hitting download and subscribe. Share it with your friends. That's how we grow and that's how we, you know, come together as a community. Um, and also let us know how you like the show on Facebook. Give us a tweet. We love talking to you. All right, guys. Have a great week. Take care. This podcast has been a production of the Geek Dad Podcast Network. If you've enjoyed this content, please consider supporting us at patreon.com slash geekdad. 